chapter 3. Now, what I'm going to do this morning, I'm going to read to you Scripture. We're going to start in the Old Testament and then progress into the New Testament. All this deals with our redemption. But uh, this, this Scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3 kind of tells you why we're going to do that. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now this is an imperative. It says, but you must, say you must, continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the what? The Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation, for faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We need the Scripture. We need preaching and we need teaching, no doubt. That's in there too. But this morning as I read to you these Scriptures, I don't want you looking through your Bible on your device. I want you focused and listening to the Word. Amen? So important. And as we do that, I want you to uh, also continue to search your individual heart. Before we receive the elements, before we receive communion... The Bible says we're to examine our hearts. And maybe some of you are going through difficulties and circumstances, problems emotionally, physically, financially. It's like I walked in and Terry says, I said, how are you? And he says, God's still on the throne. He's still on the throne. There's no problem that you're experiencing right now greater than what's provided here in the Word of God. In Exodus chapter 12, this is a foreshadow of, of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus that was to come centuries later. Sacrifice is seen as the means of deliverance for an individual, for a family, and for a nation. And the blood of sacrificial animals was used as an offering to cover the sins of the people. It says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses in verse 1 and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb. According to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it. 
according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb, and your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all, with wa- but all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its leg and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. Thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Then in Numbers chapter 21. And it says, The king of Arad, the Canaanite who dwelt in the south, heard that Israel was coming on the road to Atherim. Then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And so Israel made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed deliver the people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord listened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities. So the name of that place was called Hormah. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Egypt. Edom, and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. See, nothing's changed, folks. Discouraged here means discontent, complaints. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of the Egypt to die, to die in the wilderness? For there's no food, no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who's bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent, put it on a pole, and so it was. If a serpent had bitten anyone where he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Then in Isaiah, in chapter 52, and I want to read this from my commentary because it's so good. This is concerning the the crucifixion, atonement, and abundant life and the Messiah's coming. This is the best-known prophecy of the crucifixion in the Bible. It's also spoke of in Matthew 8.17 and also in 1 Peter 2.24. 
writing eight centuries before Christ, Isaiah made incredibly accurate statements concerning the facts of the crucifixion. But more importantly, he spoke of the purpose of the cross. In Christ's suffering and death, he bore more than our sins. The penalty for sin is death, but Christ did not need to suffer as he did to provide atonement. This chapter tells us why he suffered. He suffered to bear our griefs, our sorrows, our pain. He suffered for our peace and healing. Surely atonement for sin is our greatest need. Yet God sending his son to suffer and die provided more than an escape from judgment. He provided for us abundant life. Everyone say abundant life. Isaiah 52 and verse 13, it says, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. Just as many were astonished, astonished at you, so his appearance was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of man. So shall he startle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him. For what had not been told them, they shall see. And what they had not heard, they shall consider. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he hath borne our griefs, or literally our sicknesses, carried our sorrows, our pain. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes... We are healed. Say that with me. By his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked. But the rich, with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He's put him to grief. When you make a soul an offering for sin, he shall see a seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul, be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant shall justify many. My righteous servant will justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great. 
and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Then we find, we go to the New Testament. I'm going to read to you some passages, some scriptures. You've heard me, as I read a few of these scriptures, passages, the word lamb, haven't you? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overpower it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right and the privilege to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Say that with me. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who's in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. Then we find in verse 29, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Say that with me. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Then a familiar passage in John chapter 10. In verse 7, Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. 
I have come that they might have what, people? Life, and that they might have it more abundantly. 1 John in chapter 3, verse 8 says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might what? Destroy the works of the devil. Then in Hebrews chapter 9, And verse 11. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come. With the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. That is not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and calves. But with his own blood he entered the most holy place. Once for all. Say that with me. Once for all, having obtained eternal redemption, for the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. For where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator for a testament is in force after men are dead since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled it both, the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Then likewise he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, therefore, there is no remission. Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world, but now once at the end of the ages he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Amen? Then in Hebrews 10... It says, for the law, 
having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect for then would they not have ceased to be offered for the worshipers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sins but in those sacrifices there's a reminder of sins every year for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin. You had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God." Previously saying sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had any pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. And he said, Behold, I've come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he might establish the second. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Do you notice that word once many times? Once for all. I'm almost finished. Now, I want to read to you from Romans. And chapter 5. And as I've read these scriptures, I, I, I pray that the words that I've spoken, His word, the Father's word, you realize the significance of the blood. The significance of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. For if you have and if you do, then in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 it says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift, say the free gift, is not like the offense, for by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God... And the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Now listen. For by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Say reign in life. God the Father, His will for you and I is to reign in this life. Not when we get to heaven. Not to be victims in this life, but to be overcomers through the blood of Jesus Christ. To many believers, 
have their head hanging down and they do not behold the Lamb of God or look to the Lamb of God. Christ made a way for you and I to be victorious in, the, in this life. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners... So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we, we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life, for if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Say, my old man was crucified with him. That the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. So if you're here today and you're a born-again born believer, sin should not reign in your life, in my life. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, people of Harvest Church, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Say, I'm dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but prevent, present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness, righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. I, say, I'm under grace. Now look in your Bibles, would you please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now this passage, let me just read 23 through 26. 
It says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do it, and as often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. At my, in my Bible, it says this, Just as the act of water baptism outwardly declares or confesses and inward experiences salvation through the blood of the Lord Jesus. Each observance of the Lord's table is a powerful occasion for faith's confession. In the ordinance, the Christian confesses before all heaven that he not only has believed, but that he has not forgotten. Say, I believe. I've not forgotten. In remembrance involves more than just memory. It involves an active calling to mind. The word for introduces the reason the supper is continually repeated. It is an acted sermon. For it proclaims the Lord's death, the outward act of faith as the bread and cup taken is explicitly said to be an ongoing active confession literally you are proclaiming each occasion of partaking is an opportunity to say or to proclaim or confess again i herewith lay hold of all the benefits of jesus christ's full redemption for my life Forgiveness, wholeness, strength, health, and sufficiency. The Lord's Supper is not to be simply a ritual remembrance, but an active confession by which you actively will call to memory and appropriate today all that Jesus has provided and promised through His cross. So, communion isn't just a religious thing that you do. And I, the reason we don't partake of communion, some churches do it every week, some churches do it every month. It just becomes a ritual. It's got to be an active time where you, there's two things that are, that are vital. Do this in what? is remembering what Jesus did. That's why I read to you the scriptures this morning. And then there's the, the profession or confession of your faith. So before we partake of communion, I want us to, to make some confessions. I'll read you the scripture, and then I'll lead you in a confession. Ephesians 1, 7 states, In whom are in Christ... We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Say this with me. The contract on my life is paid in full, bought back from the power of sin and death by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
My sins are forgiven. Romans chapter 5 verse 9, it says, Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. Say, I have been acquitted of guilt and all sin. Romans 3.22 says, Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and all who believe. Say this with me. I have been put back into right standing with God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Colossians 1.13 Who has delivered us? Past tense. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love? Say this with me. I have been set free from the powers of darkness and now walk in authority over the devil. Then finally in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. And they overcame him by the what people? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Say this with me. I walk in overcoming power over the devil, for greater is he who is in me, all because of the blood of Jesus. See, now that's, that's what I'm talking about as we come for communion. It's, it's yes, you believe, but there's remembering, and then there's a proclaiming. This morning, this communion service is setting everything up for next year. And what I'm going to be sharing with you and be, be teaching you of who you are and what your redemption is all about and what is provided. We as believers should be overcomers. We should be overcomers in this life. And we should experience all the benefits and blessings of redemption in this life. Is it easy? This life isn't easy. No, he didn't promise us that it would be easy. But he said we can overcome if we keep our eyes on the Lamb. Amen? I'm going to ask that the ushers will wait upon the people this morning and pass out the, the bread and, and the juice, and then we'll partake of communion as a family all at the same time. Father, we love you. We're so thankful for the gift of your son, Jesus. And that's what this season, Christmas time, is all about, is remembering the ultimate gift. The Old Testament, Israel only had a temporary salvation. We have an eternal salvation. 
we love you. And we thank you, Father, for your everlasting love for us. We worship you this morning. We honor your Son, the Lord Jesus, this morning. We believe, we believe as we partake of the elements. Whatever need we have will be met. Spirit, soul, body, physically, financially, Jesus, you provided all. Once for all. Oh, we are so grateful as a people. So thankful as, as a church body at Harvest Church. All that you've done for us through the years. And we prepare our hearts for that which is to come. And we purpose to keep our eyes on the Lamb who has taken away the sin of the world. Father, we also purpose to walk in love in this coming new year. Keep our relationships right, our marriages solid and strong, our families united. Father, we purpose to be generous, giving people in this coming new year. And we purpose, Father, to spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We purpose to love the sinner. We purpose to walk in forgiveness, instant forgiveness. We purpose to walk in total obedience to your word. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We remember your body, Jesus, and all that it endured before the cross, on the cross, in hell. We thank you, Lord. Whatever need is present today, because of your precious blood, it's met because of what you've done and your ultimate sacrifice, every need is met. We receive this bread today in faith, believing in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we remember and we this cup. This represents your precious blood. And for without, without the shedding of blood, there'd be no remission. There'd be no forgiveness of sin. The life is in the blood, people. So as we partake and, and drink of this cup, 
we remember that your life force, your life is in us. We thank you for shedding your blood. We receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now stand to your feet this morning. I just am so, my heart aches when, I, when we can't have the whole body here because we're a whole, we're family. And I realize work and I realize events think sometimes takes precedence. But those of you who are here today understand the importance of family. Understand the importance of church in these last days. Do not take it lightly. You need me. I need you. Encourage people. You know, if there's people that are not here in church and haven't been coming to church, it's not my job to knock on their door. It's your job. You're the church. Find out why they're not here. Call them. Give them an encouraging word. Amen? Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak the living word over this body of believers today. I declare and decree that they will be in God's perfect will in 2019. What's out of order in marriages, what's out of order in families and relationships, What's out of order in finances? Come into divine order in the name of Jesus. I speak and declare God's grace manifested in your lives. I declare and decree by faith in the name of Jesus you shall walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. You shall walk as victors. In this life, in Jesus' name, in this coming new year. Father, I thank you. You promised. You said, Lord, in your word that signs, wonders, and miracles will follow your people and the preaching of your word. Lord, help these people step out in faith, full of courage. And witness and share the goodness in the life of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. The people of Harvest Church don't just listen, but they do the word of God on a daily basis. The people of Harvest Church in 2019 will go about doing good, healing all that are oppressed of the devil, for God is with them. That's my declaration. It shall be so in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go out with your heads held high. Go out keeping your eyes on the Lamb today. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week. Remember Christmas. By all means, come to church next Sunday. Amen. God bless you.